What is it you want? Real estate. It's the Red Hot Real Estate Show, where we can all find out how's it going for buyers and sellers in the real estate market. I have died and gone to real estate heaven. Looking to move? Hoping to sell? Call in with your questions to real estate expert Mimi Shoneman with Remax Results. I'm going to go out and buy a house. Here she is, your host, Mimi Shoneman. Yes, thank you for joining us here on the Red Hot Real Estate Show with Mimi Shoneman from Remax Results. And Mimi, I appreciate uh, what we're going to talk about today because, you know, it's one of those things you hear words all the time, like closing and mortgages and all of these things, but you don't really know what to expect through that process. No, right. you don't. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like having a baby, right? Exactly. You can talk about it all day long. But, but it's going to be different when you get there. If you have never done it, right? how do you really know what that looks like or sounds like or feels like? And especially when, you know, back to the analogy, it's like, yeah, you have a very important thing that you are now going to be responsible for for a significant amount of your life. <laughs> you know, when you get this house, you know, even if you're talking about something, well, this is the transitional house that I'm going to have for the next five years, that's still a long time, you know, and you're sitting there and the first time you look at all of these papers and you're signing away these things and you see this giant mortgage amount, that can be very, very daunting for people. It can. And I think that there is also a lot of industry jargon Mm -hmm. that I think people use synonyms, they use, you know, shortcut words that... Um, You're used to, if I was talking to another realtor that I would say, but if I was in with somebody who was a brand new seller or buyer, they may not know what you're talking about or feel intimidated that they should know that because you say it so casually and and they don't know it. And so sometimes I think that there's a lot of fear that builds up because you're you know that you know that you don't know. Right. You know, but mm-hmm. you don't know what you don't know. And you don't want to sound uh, unintelligent or because you have to ask a question. So a lot of times you probably just keep it inside and don't ask. Exactly. Nobody wants to feel um you know, embarrassed right. that they aren't asking the right questions. Uh, they want to, everybody wants to feel um, honored and right. present in what they're going through. They want to, everybody wants to feel respected. Right. And, uh, you know, I think that the more we talk about things that are behind the scenes right. in the real estate world, the more that our listeners can hopefully feel comfortable when they're going through those things. And it's okay for them to go, okay, you are my real estate professional. You're my mortgage expert. You're my, I, I can ask you this question. And, and when they're making their choices, knowing that that's a lot of it is building that relationship with your professional and being comfortable asking questions if you feel the need to. You do. Mm-hmm. And I mean, as much as we prep people in our consultations, um, there are always going to be questions that uh, a consumer will have that maybe we didn't cover. Right. Um, you try your best to make sure that they understand what's going to happen from the start to the finish. But, you know, sometimes they have questions that you didn't anticipate. Right. So today, what I thought we would talk about is the closing. Mm-hmm. And what is a closing? What do you need to know about the closing? What's going to happen? 
What is it? When does it happen? And we want you to get to that point. We talk uh, on a regular basis about finding the right home. It's a very emotional decision for you. And now we want you to be able to move forward and be happy about it and not have a bunch of buyer's remorse. So having a good experience at the closing is probably very key to that. Yes. And, you know, there are moments where things are going to pop up last minute. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about things that you can do to avoid any last minute things at the closing, never a positive thing. Right. We want to avoid that if at all possible, but it does happen because this is life, right? And you're dealing with a lot of people and people have different paces, different personalities, different expectations. Mm -hmm. So, um, when you have the human element in there, things, things can happen. So, um, we want to make sure that you understand what it should look like and what it could look like. So if you have any questions, you can contact us here at the Red Hot Real Estate Show at 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. So you did it. I got, you know, Mimi, you did a great job as my uh, uh, as my realtor. We found the house of my dreams. I'm in it. Dun, 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 dun. Yes. Now what happens? Well, <laughs> there's a whole period of time from the time that you find your house mm-hmm. and you make your offer. Okay. And let's hope that you get your offer accepted. So that's a whole piece of the whole home buying, home selling uh, party, if okay. you will. Mm-hmm. And then you move to underwriting. Everybody okay. does, uh, unless you're fortunate enough to have a cash buyer. Okay. And so then you may be able to skip over that. So, but if you aren't, uh, you're what you're. What's going to happen from the time that you get your offer accepted? Then you're going to shift that package or that file over to your loan officer or lender. Okay. Okay, so there's a whole thing. Your purchase agreement, the purchase agreement is what you submit your offer on. It's outlining all of the terms of what you want done uh, for the purchase. Okay, that's going to outline when do you close. It's going to say how much you want to pay for the house. It's going to say how much you're going to put down. How are you going to pay for the house? Okay, are you going what type of loan product? Are you going to be using? Okay. Are you going to be using FHA, which okay. is a government-backed product that has three three and a half percent down? Okay. Okay. With FHA comes mortgage insurance. Okay? okay. And that with FHA runs for the life of the loan, no matter how much you put down. Okay. Okay. So then you move to another category called conventional financing. All right. Okay. A lot of folks fall into that. And you're still going to have some mortgage insurance unless you put at least 20% down. Okay. Okay. But how is that different then from the FHA? Do I still pay for that mortgage insurance forever or can I eventually drop off? That can eventually drop off with conventional. Once you hit that 20% loan to value, then you can talk to your loan officer, to your lender and get that hopefully reduced. And when we're talking about the lender and we're at this part of the process, this needs to be, this is just one of those things that we would have picked a lender and worked all of this out before we actually made the offer on the house, right? Yes, okay. absolutely. All of that is already selected. It's not yes. once we can, oh, I think this is the house, then we start all this process. A lot of this has to be done before. If you do that, you are putting the wagon before the horse. Gotcha. And okay. you should never be in that precarious situation to be out looking at houses 
and not have done your due diligence and have a pre-approval. Okay. Okay. So there's a difference between a pre-qualification and a pre-approval. Okay. Okay. So a lot of folks, they'll be, they'll, they'll see something online, then they'll rush hard to get to, uh, just give me something that says I can buy this house. Right. Cause they're, they have not done the steps that they need to do. Okay. Right. So if this is you and you're listening to this, we encourage you to call us because we have referrals. Our mortgage experts mm-hmm. can take great care of you and get you pre-approved versus right. pre-qualified. So the difference is, is if you're pre, pre, pre-qualified, it means that you've gone and submitted information that you deem to be reliable to the loan officer. So, right. you know, those online applications that you can go to XYZ mortgage, mm-hmm. you see the, the commercials, you're like, yeah, I'm just going to do that and then right. I can go buy a house. Well, that is not a lot of us in the industry think that that piece of paper that it would spit out is not worth the paper that it's written on. Because okay. you know, you need a human right that does this business and preferably a local human that you can go to their office and look at them and they can say here is the information that I need and then verify it. They're going to verify your employment, your W-2s, your work history. Um, they're going to look at your credit. A lot of people are super scared to give mm-hmm. your social security number out. Now, for me personally, um, I would be more scared to do an online application of a of some entity right. than I would be to have a local expert that I know is I can walk in and look at them and talk right. with them. Okay. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid of that. They have to have that information in order to pull your credit. Right. So, um, that is the difference there. They have actually verified all the things that are necessary. Now, a lot of sellers put into their, you know, listing notes, pre-approved buyers only. Okay. So, um, agents that are showing you know, people that they aren't certain are pre-approved. That's a huge no-no. Right. Get your people pre-approved. Um, it yes, you know, you get we get calls all the time. Oh my gosh, they, everybody knows it's a hot market mm-hmm. and things move very quickly. Well, I've got to see this house now. I'm coming into town. I've got to do it right now. Well, do you have your pre-approval? And if so, can you send it to me and tell me? You know, I I need to meet with you. Right. And you know, make sure that you do know exactly what's going on in this because that is what I do for a living. Right. You know, I want to make sure I'm setting you up for success. Otherwise, you know, you get started if and you know, back in the day when you're a brand new agent, you're just so happy that somebody wants to work with you and they've called you. Um, but you just really need to stop and breathe and center right. yourself and, and have a consultation with these folks. And in the long run, they'll really appreciate the fact that, you know, you took the time. Yeah, it took a half an hour to mm-hmm. an hour. So what? In the big scheme, when you're sitting down writing your offer, you've got a lot of questions answered. When you're writing your offer, you don't want to pause to have to answer these questions. Right. You want to get the offer written as quickly as possible and getting written written perfectly. Right. So that you know that this is how I want my offer 
to be presented to the seller so that you have the biggest chances of success of getting accepted. And Mimi, we have some more information that I think we should cover regarding what does it mean uh, when you're going through the closing process? And then what else do you want to talk about as well? Yeah. So when we get to the closing, um, what does that look like? Okay. And that's kind of like the very end of the transaction when you're heading into the home run, you know, cross the plate, you're ready to celebrate the purchase of your house or the sale of your house. So what does that look like behind the scenes and uh, for you? As the consumer. And if you have any questions, you can contact us here at the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Again, the number is 651-641-1071, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071. I'm Miss Shannon. Mimi Shoneman from Remax Results is here as well. We've been talking through the process of closing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we move into the process of closing, I do want to remind everybody of all the great links that we yes. have posted on our show page. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're looking for property, we encourage you to go there. You can shop to your heart's content. Uh, be sure and check out our website, mnredhotrealestate.com. And there's lots of great articles that you can download. Um, we're also going to be talking about your 60-day moving checklist. Okay. And we have that to be able to send out to folks if they want to call and request it. It's a really good detailed checklist um, that kind of gets you thinking about the things that you will need to be doing and preparing for. And even though it's a 60 day checklist, you probably want to start looking at it maybe, you know, three months out to kind of give yourself, you know, that, okay, I need to be thinking about this and thinking about that. Right. And so you can get all that information if you go to mytalk1071.com, use the keyword red hot. Those links are always there and you can find the previous episodes of the Red Hot Real Estate Show as well. Exactly. So before the break, where do we leave off? We were talking about the kind of, you know, getting the yourself... behind the scenes of part aspect of the closing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so you've you've written your offer. It's gotten accepted. You've got a nice purchase agreement. Everything's spelled out for the seller. Now, as the buyer, uh, you know, if this is your first time, um, you are maybe sometimes, I wouldn't say panic mode, but maybe a little bit very anxious, many folks are. Right. Uh, because you're thinking, okay, how do I map this out? And that's where our 60-day checklist comes in pretty handy. Um, so if you've got this in your in your you know quill, if you will, right. then you kind of know kind of where you should start and how fast you should be pacing these things. Because it's always, it seems, that there's one more thing that you didn't think of. Okay, right. so that's why when you've got your rate shoppers out there, I'm going to scold you all a little bit. Um, you know, when people say, but you referred me to so and so and I found it for, you know, a hair less right. at, you know, XYZ. Well, to me personally, that hair less, you're gonna spend you're gonna you're gonna pay for that. Okay. Right. right? Nothing is free and nothing is cheap. Right. That you want. Right. Okay. So what you really want to do is to be working with some professional mortgage advisors that are going to give you the information you need so that you know that you need to do step one, step two, step three. They're going to be prompting you at the right times to get them the information that they need so that they can take your purchase agreement all the way to the closing. Because you don't want to get to the actual table and go, okay, something went south on this and now I don't get to close on the house. No. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you also do want to work with somebody who's got a little bit of experience. I mean, granted, I'm not going to shout out anything negative to new people. Um, everybody's got to start somewhere. Right. Um, and hopefully they have the right kind of guidance where they have somebody that's, you know, that is 
Yeah, they are with a seasoned mortgage professional that can help them learn the business. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Everybody starts somewhere, and but you also want to work with somebody that you know has done a lot of transactions that is going to successfully help you. Right. Right. Okay. And so when you talk about like a smidge of a percentage of a point on your mortgage interest rate. What is that actually really going to look like over 30 years? You know, people get hung up on little details like that. Um, Our high C personalities out there that are are very detail oriented and numbers driven. Um, Let's let's talk about what does that really mean at the end of the day? Um, Is that is that because you need to feel like you're winning? Right. Um, a lot of us get, you want to feel that that accomplishment of getting a deal. Right. Okay. You know, and all of us want to feel that we've won, mm-hmm. especially when you're negotiating. But is that really, you know, I was told a long time ago, is that really the hill you want to die on? Right. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's where your professionals will help you get unstuck with some of those things that can that sometimes can hang people up. OK, so what is. A closing. Exactly. So that is an event Mm -hmm. where you actually show up at a title company here in Minnesota or you could go to an attorney's office. Okay. And that's where it all comes down. That's your that's your grand finale. That's where you're going to sign all of the documents. Right. Your mortgage note, the deed. You're going to sign off the promissory note, all of the things that you've said that you're going to do. In when you applied for your mortgage. Right. So that's where you're sitting there. You're typically, you know, sometimes you're with the sell- the buyers and sellers are in the same room. Sometimes they're separated. Mm-hmm. It can be a little bit noisy because there's two title people typically right. uh, talking at the same time to two different people. Going okay. here, sign this, initial here, do this. Yes. This is what this does. Well, this is what this is on this form and this is what it means. Okay, so... In this particular situation, there's a lot of commotion, I will say. Okay. And if you have a difficult time with background noise, for instance, and hearing, you may want to talk with your real estate professional or the title company and say, hey, that that is not going to work for me because right. I really have a hard time understanding that if a lot of stuff is going on, it's going to be difficult to focus. It's difficult to focus. Mm-hmm. Um, so but it's a celebratory event okay. where you're going to get everything signed. And at that time, you're also going to be, you know, able to ask the the different parties, the buyers or sellers questions. Typically, it's the buyers asking the sellers questions. There's lots of things about houses that that you don't know. Where's the mailbox, for instance? Oh, okay. um, you know, what about this? You know, how what do, day does the garbage get picked up? Yes. Mm-hmm. Where? How do I turn that fireplace on? Mm-hmm. Um, where's the garbage disposal latch? Right. Um, how about the outside? You know, that I saw there was a, a motion sensor light. How do I get that to work? Where Where are the light switches? You know, all the things that you don't know about where things are. Those are. This is a great time at the closing after the paperwork has been signed to you know ask those questions but i have a silly question so you are signing lots of paperwork there how how much time should i spend reading things while i'm sitting at the table is this really something that i should have pre-read all of these things and or the my mortgage uh professional is going to explain it to me so i'm okay just signing it well that's a great question actually Mm -hmm. because you are really going to be asked to sign a lot of things that right. you have not read. Right. Okay. Unless you request to read the documents early. Okay. Okay. You can do that. Okay. And so if you know that you are not comfortable signing 
anything without fully reading through it, then yes, you definitely want to make that request and early. Okay. So that the title company and the mortgage company, because everything is kind of, uh, it's a, it's kind of a living, breathing entity because the mortgage company, the lender will send over a package of all the documents to the title company to process for you to sign. Mm-hmm. So everything is happening kind of lightning speed, if you will, right there at the end. Right. And that's why we want everybody to, to understand what a closing actually is. Um, and it's it's called a closing because that's when you close the settlement. Right. Um, and that's when you take final ownership and uh, of both the mortgage and your insurance. And that's when you get the keys. Now, the closing process will technically begin um, when you've signed the purchase agreement and the sale agreement. Mm-hmm. And that agreement should specify the closing date. So okay. everything is spelled out so that when the closing date happens. And typically, from the time that you have that uh, signing date, mm-hmm. it takes probably typically four to six weeks okay. from the time that you get your offer accepted. And there's a lot of things that are moving around. And during this time, purchasing funds are going to be held in escrow. And what is that? That is where the money is held mm-hmm. uh, so that it can stay safe until the deal is so officially done. So basically set up another, like a little, uh, an account just for those funds. Exactly. Okay. And typically, for instance, your your earnest money, which you pledge up front, is going to be held in the trust account of the listing agent's broker. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. The okay. listing agent's broker. Okay. So that's the person that's representing the seller, their company, okay, um, because they are the listing company, okay. Um, so that will be held in trust in escrow for you, and mm-hmm. that will come off of your settlement statement. So the settle- settlement statement has a uh, different categories, different lines of debits and credits, okay. Okay, so one will apply to the buyer, and one will apply to the seller. So the other thing that you need to be aware of for the closing is there is something called a closing disclosure, and sometimes it's called a CD. Okay. Um, so you'll hear that term, especially like mortgage people will say the CD. Um, that means a closing disclosure. And okay. so you are supposed to get that, the buyer, at least three days before settlement. So that's something that I would want to read you before I show absolutely up absolutely okay. will. And that form is a statement of your final loan terms and the closing costs. So when we come back from this break, we can talk about the three days and the three key numbers that you need to check in your closing disclosure to make sure that you are tracking as you should be. Perfect. You're listening to the Red Hot Real Estate Show with Mimi Shoneman, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show with Mimi Honeman, your Red Hot host from Remax Results. And uh, Mimi, uh, thank you very much for uh, sharing this information with people because, you know, you get to the closing and somebody puts a ream of paper in front of you and you're going, oh my gosh, I'm signing away my life. What fine print is in here? And maybe I should have prepared a little bit more because it can be one of the most daunting things. You're like, I just want my house. Right. And I can- just give me the keys. <laughs> exactly. Where do I sign? Right. <laughs> Yeah, outside well, it all. That's really kind of how it is. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah, just whatever. 
tell me what it is. Kind of give me the highlights, the 411, and then, yeah, but show then me you, where to sign. You hear about closing costs. You hear about escrows. You hear about all these things, but you don't really know what they are. So yes. being able to pre-game and learn this information now up front is very soothing for people, I think, because they can go, okay, I'll be all right. I'll yeah. survive this process. Well, I think that you need to know um, when you're getting your financing when things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so your closing disclosure, that's important to know that you have three days before settlement to get that. That's a legal thing. Okay. Okay. And so the, th- the there are three key numbers. There's lots of other things in there, but three things that you definitely want to make sure you're looking at to see if it's what you're expecting. Okay. Um, the first one is pay particular attention to your interest rate and your loan terms. Okay. And the second thing is your monthly payment and your closing costs. So review that closing disclosure or CD. And what you're going to want to do is you want to compare that to the loan estimate that you received shortly after you applied for your loan. So your loan officer is going to give you an estimate. Um, so you want to compare that estimate that you have in writing to the closing disclosure to see, you know, is is it what you were expecting? Because it could, you know, if it jumped up, now it's your time to sit there and go, well, I was expecting my payment to be $1,100 a month, but this says it's $1,600 a month. That's not what I was expecting. Exactly. Okay. Um, the whole point of the review is so that you can make sure that there's no surprises at the closing table. And if there is a significant discrepancy, discrepancy between the loan estimate and the closing disclosure, you definitely want to notify your lender and your title company immediately. Okay. Okay. And depending on what, what the problem is, the closing may have to stop mm. um, and a new closing disclosure might have to be sent out with a new three day window. Does it occur sometimes we were talking about getting pre-approved and then when we've had um, our mortgage experts on before, they've talked about don't change anything in the time period. Is it that something might have changed and they re- had to rerun the numbers and now you qualify differently? Um, it, it's really about comparing. I mean, anything can happen as far mm-hmm. as like numbers goes, but really what it is is it's making sure that the estimate that you were given is similar very similar if not exact to what you were expecting right um now there's a sub a couple of things on the estimate that can't change by the time you get the closing disclosure okay and that is your interest rate and your lender fees okay okay so that should be the same okay when you're looking at that now some items can change by only 10 percent and that can be fees paid to the local government to record the mortgage. That might be an example of one that could fluctuate by 10% of what you originally given. And others can change without limit. Oh, okay. okay. Like your prepaid interest, if you were to do that. Uh, because that can't be predicted okay. at the start of when you're getting your loan estimate. So um, in the closing estimate, you can ask your loan officer what things are exact, what mm-hmm. things can fluctuate by 10%. If your budget is tight, you want to know these things. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. you don't, you don't want to feel like you're not an educated consumer. Right. So be sure and feel free to ask those questions. Um, those are legitimate questions that, you know, you have a right to know and you have a right to expect. So that you can have a good idea of how much things might fluctuate. Exactly. Okay. Now, when, once you do your final walkthrough, that's usually one of the final things that happens. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're probably going to get your closing disclosure before you do your final walkthrough because that happens on day three days prior to closing. Okay. So you typically do a final walkthrough with your agent 
within probably, I'm going to say, 24 hours of closing. Okay. Some people like to do it uh, the night before. Some people like to do it the day of. It just really depends. For me personally, I like to do probably the day before or the evening before because that gives you a little bit of time if there's anything in there that is not as you were expecting. Okay. Okay, so during the walkthrough, you want to double check that everything in the house is in good working order and as it was when you wrote your offer. Okay. So if you included any, uh, so is that structural things that you're talking about? It's structural. It's also uh, personal property or appliances or the tree in the backyard. Um, You know, you laugh about that, but there, there is an emotional attachment to some heirloom plants. Right. Okay, so um, all of that needs to be spelled out in your purchase agreement that you, you know, or if the seller has an exclusion that they want that that lampshade, you know, the light fixture in the foyer is important to them. They're taking it. First of all, Mm -hmm. I would suggest that you should take it down before you list the house, but that's a separate subject. Right. But if you don't and you you do need to make sure that that's spelled out in your purchase agreement, that that's going to be excluded for the sale so that there's not some little bit rinky dink for your fixture. And mm-hmm. you're like, where was that beautiful thing that right. was hanging there? Yeah. So they can't sit there and say, oh, it turns out the new house I'm moving into doesn't have a, has a crappy water heater. I'm just going to take the one out of this house and give you the crappy one. Right. You can see that then. Yes. Okay. So some of the things that you want to do when you're doing your walkthrough with your agent, um, you definitely want to run the faucets and check for links, leaks under the sink. Um, you want to test the appliances to see if they're working still. I mean, anything mm-hmm. can happen in 30 days, right? I mean, right. So just because it worked when you made your offer doesn't mean it's going to work today. Mm-hmm. Um, and check the, the garage door opener. Make sure it goes up and down. Right. That it stops where it needs to. Uh, flush the toilets and see if, you know, that's working okay. Open and close the doors. Run the garbage disposal, the, ex, you know, exhaust fans. And if the home is in good shape and there's no surprises, then you are your next stop should be the closing table. Okay. So if there's anything that is wrong when you're doing your walkthrough, you definitely want to talk with the listing agent and negotiate with the seller to compensate you in some way at the closing. So typically that can be either to amend the, the purchase agreement to say that the, the seller is going to give you a personal check to compensate for maybe, maybe the stove stopped working. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of like one of those things where you don't have time to call a contractor before the closing it. happens. So what are you going to do? So oftentimes you negotiate what a fair market value would be for that to to replace that or to have that fixed after the fact. Does it ever happen that you go in there and you go, this was working when I made the offer and now it's not. And the seller goes, that's on you. You know, anything can happen okay. because you're dealing with the human element. Right. Um, typically, if that happens, you're going to have either litigation mm, or you're okay. going to have arbitration. Right. Right. Because a buyer has a right to expect the house to be as it was when you made the offer. That is legitimate Right. Okay. Um, so uh, worst case scenario um, of finding something during your walkthrough is that you have to delay the closing to resolve the problem. And uh, that's kind of an unlikely event that that happens. But if it does happen, your real estate professional will help you 
navigate what okay. that's going to look like. And that is not a pleasant situation for anyone when that happens. Right. Because typically your moving truck is on standby, right? Right. You know, you've got, you've checked out, you've, you've given your notice with your apartment. Um, you you're know, ready to get the you, keys and move in. You're, you're sleeping in your car right. until the, the closing happens. And so... Hanging know, at your parents' house. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there will be some logistical things that if that if the closing is delayed, you do need to work through. So all of that will be negotiated. But who pays for what? You know, where where am I legitimately going to stay tonight? Right. And those are, you know, legitimate concerns. So who comes to the closing? Okay. There's certain people that will be there, and it depends on your state for sure. But in Minnesota, uh, it will be typically your agent. Sometimes the agent cannot make it because mm-hmm. of you know previous uh, appointments or vacations or illness, that sort of thing. Um, the seller will oftentimes be there, but not always. Sometimes the seller will pre-sign. Um, oh. They'll be able to sign the paperwork early. Let's just say that they are a relocation client. And that they've got to be across the country for a start of a job. So oftentimes they'll pre-sign the paperwork and you may or may not ever meet the seller. Oh, okay. Um, oftentimes the seller's agent will come. Um, sometimes the seller's agent will be the power of attorney for the seller. And so they may have to sign a few documents for the seller that uh, pre-signed. Okay. So there's sometimes, you know, people that need to be to operate in in your absence. Right. Um, the title company representatives are there mm-hmm. in Minnesota. Almost always is the, the closing done with a title company. You can also close in an attorney's office. Your loan officer oftentimes comes in case there's any questions with the paperwork that you're signing. Um, even though you've got that closing disclosure and you've had that loan estimate, you know, it is a human element, right? Right. Sometimes things on paper don't line up as you were expecting. And, you know, you're sitting there and you're like, that's not what I thought. And so, so the, it's good to have them there that they can run the numbers and maybe make some phone calls if they need to. There, I would say that loan officers are, are if they aren't there, almost always available by phone. Mm-hmm. And that, again, is another reason why using a local loan officer here in the metro when you're having a transaction is super important. Because if you've got to dial a 1-800 number to get your loan officer, how confident are you that you could get them on the fly or in an emergency? Right. Okay. And, and you know, I, I get on that point a whole lot, but I've really seen bad situations happen. I personally Where have seen it. you need someone and you can't get a hold yes, of them. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and it's imperative that you get a hold of them immediately. Um, also, you know, anybody else that you oftentimes you've got uh, extended family that will come to help you. They want to celebrate with you and get a picture and all that sort of right. thing. And so the closing, where does that happen? Well, it typically happens at the title company or okay. again, uh, you could happen at an attorney's office and or the buyer or seller's real estate agent's office. So that's kind of where things happen. And so when we get back from our next break, we can talk about, you know, what are closing costs and how much can I expect to pay? And you can also call us at 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show with Mimi Shoneman from Remax Results. 
reminding you to go to the website. You can always get all these amazing. Yeah, you have like your 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 guides that are always available and great resources for the people. The new fall ones just came out. Nice. Do they have <laughs> makes cre- me sad. <laughs> the transition into fall. I'm just such a summer Aww. girl. I didn't even know this about myself. <laughs> and so. now you have to transition. That's too bad. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can go ahead and get those if you go to mytalk1071.com. Use the keyword red hot. Get those guides. Also available now, your 60-day moving checklist is available as well. And just kind of knowing what's involved and what you should do. And you're saying that sometimes you can back it out a little bit more if you're one of those people that you just need to get moving on something. Now you have a list of things to keep in mind as you're getting ready. I think it really is helpful for people to see kind of in order, okay, during week eight, Mm -hmm. you need to be thinking about this because it really keeps you focused on the important thing in the right order of what's going to happen. So it's a a really nice guide. And yeah, I would certainly, even though it says 60 days, I would bump it out to 90 days so that you're extra early. And we kind of procrastinate. So I'm sure there'll be things that you're like, I meant to get to that on Tuesday and you don't get to it until Friday. So this way you have lots of time. Exactly. And you know, there are things about moving if you don't do it very often and hopefully you don't have to. Oh gosh, um, yeah. Or, or hopefully you do. You know, mm-hmm. call us if you're moving. Um, that you'll need to know. So that's a really, really good checklist. And plus, the the buying and selling guides for fall 2018 are are really current information. They change all the time. Mm-hmm. And so, if you've had a guide in the past and you haven't had one for a while, then you know, just go to the website and you can request a new one. Perfect. And so we've been going through. You know, the 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 very, very, uh, the you know, you, you want to get your keys and just move on. But there's some things that you need to know. And so talking about the closing, I think is some great information for people because you get there and now you're intimidated. And so we're taking care of that for you. Well, you know what the process is. You know what you're dealing with. So you don't have to get there and go, oh, my gosh. You know, I remember like when I bought my townhouse a million years ago, you get this stack of papers and you start signing things. You're like, oh, I'm really in this. I'm really doing this, this now. Right. Yeah. No, I, I remember uh, the first house, too. And I, I really don't remember anybody explaining to me what the closing was, no. except for this is where you come at this particular time and and then you'll get the house right i didn't so i have to show up yeah yeah. i mean and as as you know maybe not super exciting information it is information that i don't think is talked about a lot so um hopefully this is helping some folks out you know to understand what the process actually looks like Mm -hmm. um so the other question that i do get asked quite a bit is how much will I pay for closing costs? Um, right. And so that can be very specific depending on your house and your loan product. But what you generally can expect uh, for your closing costs to be three to four percent of the home sale price. OK, so, for instance, on a three hundred thousand dollar home, you could pay anywhere from nine thousand to twelve thousand dollars in closing costs. OK, And sometimes the seller will agree if you negotiated in there to take care of some of the closing costs. Um, If it's in a competitive situation, we really don't see that happening that much anymore where the buyer is asking the seller for assistance in that department. So because you used to hear that a lot, like we'll cover the closing costs. And that's just now we just that's just changed. The market has changed enough that they don't have to do that. Some it depends. And it's so specific on what neighborhood you're in. 
um, you know, where where it is that the house is located. If the house has been on the market for a while, uh, you might be able to negotiate some of those things. And so it's everything is kind of, you know, it depends. And so we've been talking about closing and what's included in the closing process this morning on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. And Jennifer, you have a question about this pro- uh, this process? Well, not about the closing, but um, actually the question is about selling a home from a distance where we can't be present for walkthroughs or showing the house. Um, my husband recently inherited a cabin that he would like to sell. And so I'm just wondering if you have some advice on how to navigate that. Okay. Is the cabin in-state or out? It's in the state, central Minnesota. Okay. Well, that is a really great question, and that's actually something that I'm helping a a Florida seller right now um, with a townhome. Um, And so you basically act as the contractor, uh, the the sub for the the client. Um, And so you help them to... Uh, from everything, if the if there needs to be repairs, if there needs to be paint, um, all of that can be negotiated um, to assist the seller, it, especially the seller who's out of state. And Jennifer, I'm sorry, are we on speaker right now? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'll. Um, do you want me to mute? <laughs> yeah. If you could just maybe just mute it, and then if you have a, a follow up okay. question, we can come back just because it'll be easier for her to go ahead and follow up with you. But so you're saying, Mimi, that your real her real estate professional will then uh, oftentimes would would often okay uh, or connect them with a general contractor that ah, can okay. assist with those sorts of things um, if there are repairs or things that need to be done to get the house ready for the sale um, so if Jennifer if you're still listening if you'd like to leave your information with our producer then we can definitely talk with you about connecting you with someone who can help you with your cabin so when you're dealing Great. with someone like Thank a, you. a, a uh, you're so welcome yeah when you're dealing with a uh, a, a long distance uh, seller like that do you normally would the process be they take a lot of photos and they send it back and forth to Jennifer and her husband or, or how do you maintain that process I mean technology probably helps these days yes so um for instance you take a ton of photos and Mm -hmm. sometimes video okay um if you have a tenant that you um, need to go through the process of of that then you have to follow the rules and the and the laws with regard to tenant law okay um so you have to be respectful of of what that process looks like in leases um if the property is vacant then yes just uh, standard photos and video is super helpful right to be able to show for instance like if uh if there's stains on a ceiling, you're able to kind of capture the light a little bit better when you're taking a video like that. Or if the carpet is stained or if the hardwoods have a lot of scratches, sometimes a static photo, you really can't capture the nuance. But as you're doing it with video, you can see things that need to be done. So that's back to building the right relationship with the right professional so yes. that you can feel comfortable since you're not going to actually be able to do this yourself. Yeah. Okay. And oftentimes the real estate professional will be the liaison mm-hmm. and get bids for the client um, and act as, as a sub general, if you mm-hmm. will, and help them just to get everything done so that you can get the house on the market. And so that is certainly a service that we do provide for our clients. Now, when you say sub, do you mean subcontractor? Well, you, what do you mean by sub? 
you're mostly a, a liaison okay. between general contractors, painters, electricians, that sort of thing. Oh, I know what you to mean. To help okay. to coordinate that work if work is necessary. Okay. And getting bids and, you know, forwarding those on to sellers, things like that. Okay. And then once all of the things are done to get the house up to the place where, you know, you would need it to be mm-hmm. to get it on the market, then, of course, the regular marketing will take place. And then you, you put move the house from that point to all the way through to the closing. Fair enough enough gotcha yeah so that was a great question that jennifer had yeah thank you jennifer and so um back to just uh, trying to predict what your closing costs for the closing are going to look like right and again it's somewhere probably between three and four percent of the sales price um closing fees can often include a commission for the buyer's agent and seller's agent in minnesota we're still seeing that the sellers are taking care of the marketing fee and compensation okay. Um, it could include a loan application fee, an origination fee, which lenders charge for processing the loan, um, the appraisal, okay, um, a fee for pulling your credit report, an underwriting fee that covers the lender's cost of researching whether to approve you for the loan, a title search fee, property taxes that are due within 60 days of your purchase, okay, um, and a recording fee for filing a public land record with the courthouse. Um, and it just seems like the fees go on and on. It's a and laundry list on. of things. And okay. so it's, it seems to me, mm-hmm. I don't know, for me personally, on a mental perspective, I just rather hear that it's a percentage of this. And I, when I start thinking about all the different ones, I, it can be very overwhelming right. and, a, and a little bit daunting. Mm-hmm. So, But just know that there's a lot of moving pieces behind the scenes that are happening that there's a reason that you're being charged these closing costs. It's not just, you know, to... They didn't just pick a number out of the air. It's like there are things that they have to pay for. There's things that have to happen. Mm -hmm. And legitimate good things that actually protect you as a consumer. So the things that you should consider bringing to the closing, um, besides your party hat, (laughs) um, you want to bring your government-issued photo ID. Mm -hmm. Um, You also, uh, be a good thing to have a copy of your sales contract uh, in your Dropbox folder or what have you, so that should you need to pull it up electronically, you've got it. Your agent should have that as well. Right. Your homeowner's insurance certificate. This happens early on in the process where the the loan officer will be asking for your insurance provider's name and contact information so that they can get your insurance binder. Okay. They have to be able to prove that you've got insurance on the property. So it's the same thing as like if you get a car, you have to know that you have insurance. Yeah, but okay. you can't wait until after you own the house to get it. Okay. They want to make sure you've got it and that it's included gotcha. up front. Um, If you're in a flood zone, you're going to have to have proof of flood insurance as well. Um, Typically, with the title company, you're going to need to provide a cashier's check for money that you uh, are providing for them. Mm -hmm. Um, And you, in this day and time, I can't even say it enough, when you get an email from anyone asking you to wire funds, do not automatically do it. Okay. You want to check with your agent, phone not text, call them. Did you send this to me? Is this legitimate? Because there are many, many cases of where, you know, there'll be a scam going on and you'll get an email because somebody will get word with that you're doing a closing with social media. People get very excited and they post a lot of personal information that can, if it ends up in the wrong hands, cause a lot of financial hardship. So Anytime that you're asked to send money to anyone during a real estate transaction, verify it once, verify it twice. 
And if you get the the people that you're connected with, if you know for a fact that, yes, they said yes, and you heard it with your ears, then you can feel confident that that's the legitimate transaction. And we do have to start wrapping up. Gene, if you want to hold on, we'll talk to you off air. But we always encourage everybody to go to your website again, Mimi. What's that? mnredhotrealestate.com and if you'd like to go to our show page we definitely encourage you to do that we've got a lot of great articles and a lot of good resources and that is mytalk1071.com keyword red hot